Hey, Chris. Hey, Micah. Hey, what do we have for an intro this week? Well, we don't have any interesting ideas because they told us to tame it down since we used the words breastages and chesticles last week, so we can't really do anything anymore. (sighs) Well, I guess we have to go to Old Faithful. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, Chris, another week down, another, you got to tone it down, and so here we are. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling pretty good. No one really told us to tone it down. We just kind of ran out of ideas for an intro this week. I'm just going to be completely honest, but uh, we have been doing this Donut Box podcast for 17 episodes, man, and it has flown by like we've said before, but hey, thanks to all of our supporters out there. Guess what? We got a... a listener in Philadelphia uh, from last week's episode, and that was kind of cool. So we're up to, I think, I think we're up to like 18 states. I think. I hope they they're not a Eagles fan and they catch wind that I'm a Cowboys fan, but it's okay. We're we're all friends here. Hey, speaking of that, did you know that Troy Aikman's like coming out with a new beer? Did you know that? Yeah, eight beer. Yeah, I heard about that today. They said that in like my one of my meetings, and they said that they're going to come out with a new Troy Aikman beer and they were like Troy Aikman's gonna go around promoting it I was like well Troy Aikman comes to uh comes to my my town that'd be great that would be awesome you know I'd probably have to take a visit to see him but then again there's probably gonna be a mass of people around that yeah well anyways that was a little rabbit hole but anyways welcome to the donut box podcast if you are brand new here the way this works is every donut is a different segment and our first segment is give them the lowdown on what the first segment is micah it's the old-fashioned donut which is a story from our past uh this week we have a very interesting story it's uh you know last week we talked a little bit about batman and uh the donut hole segment this week we're going to be talking about a story in which there's a superhero that i don't think anybody has heard about anybody well, maybe a few people. What's what's the lowdown on this uh, superhero, Chris? Well, if you grew up in church, you definitely uh, saw this hero. His name was Bible Man, and uh, yeah, he was like a superhero. They basically based this character off of the 80s and 90s Batman, and they did a lot of cool things. Now, the star of this show was Willie Ames, and Willie Ames was like a big teen star in the 80s. He was on uh, Is Eight Enough, and... Charles in charge so he was like a big uh, name and you could just tell by the way that Bible Man was produced you could just tell Willie Ames was dumping all of his cash into it I will admit it was pretty cool but uh, tell them a little bit about your experiences with Bible Man so Bible Man was pretty cool um, especially with uh, when you're sheltered and you know you have very limited options to watch Um, he was a cool superhero that would uh, not necessarily fight crime, I guess, uh, crime in the eyes of Christianity. Uh, and each villain was, like, represented a sin. Like, I remember there was one, it was like the Shadow of Doubt. Um, trying to think of some of the other, of course, all the villains escape my head when I'm thinking about them. What was... Yeah, it was like, uh, Dr. Fear, there was sadness, there was anger, and it was like a different, like, 
villain that they faced, it was like fear, anger, sadness, uh, pride, different things like that. And Bible Man would go and face them. And at the same time, there was like a kid that was kind of going through the, whatever. The, so if there was like the episode was about fear, there would be a kid that like would be afraid and Bible Man would have to come help him. Now, Bible Man, he would put on his uh, his armor. And of course, it was based on the, the scripture about talk about the armor of God. So he had like his belt of truth whenever he'd go sit up. Uh, suit up, I should say, and he carried a lightsaber because it was a it was a sword of God. It was actually pretty cool for the early ninety or the late nineties and early two thousands. Uh, but tell them how the intro of every Bible man would go. So it always talked about how this man became Bible man. His name was Miles Peterson, and if you if you have the time, go look it up on YouTube. They have the intro on there; it's great. And you know they start off with the Miles Peterson. The man who had it all and they go through all what he had and you know basically his life was empty and the funny part about it looking back is that intro he's literally like on the ground which you could tell is like a stage somewhere it looks like probably in his church or something and he gets down on his knees and he starts yelling and it's like the most cheesy 90s yell you could possibly imagine ah! and he starts like yelling and he finds his bible in this rough and that essentially is what starts the show. Well, what does Bible Man have to do with Mia Micah's past? Now, it's not that we just watched it. I personally love Bible Man. I had everything. The Bible Man Bible, the mash, the cape, the sword, uh, everything. Michael Micah had the Bible Man Bible as well. Now, Bible Man would usually go like on tour. He would do road shows. And Bible Man was coming to our church, and I was super excited about it because uh, Bible Man was like my hero. Now, during this time in the Bible Man history, uh, if you watch it, uh, this was a time where I guess Willie Ames had kind of left the show, but like no one had kind of known about it, or there was like speculation. Some people thought it was a scandal. Some people thought he was just tired of it and quit. Uh, but Bible Man was coming to our church, and my dad knew how much I loved Bible Man. So they asked for, you know, local guys in the church to help usher. And they said, if you help usher for this show and you help do like security, then, you know, you and your family can get like front row seats to go see Bible Man. So I was like, heck yeah, I'm down. And uh, so we went to the Bible Man show and uh, Micah came with me and I was like, Micah, I got front row seats to Bible Man. And I was like, do you want to go? And Micah was like, yeah. So what happened? So we were super pumped. We get to the front row. The show starts, and it was quite the disappointment. So, first of all, we start to notice uh, the main character. So, they weren't really talking, and they weren't really mic'd up. It was a CD soundtrack, and so they were lip-syncing all of it. And unfortunately, it wasn't necessarily Bible Man. The guy who played Bible Man was pretty on point. It was one of the side characters but he was just horribly off. Like, I mean, it looked like a movie, uh, you know, one of those dubbed, like, samurai movies where it's like he says something and, the, you know, the words are two seconds late. 
Yeah, exactly. And like Micah said, Bible Man wasn't really the noticeable one. I started to kind of suspect when I saw uh, saw Bible Man because it was like he's a little off. But then it was like the side character, like Bible Boy or something, and you could just tell like he was way, way, way off. Like it was, it was really, really bad. And I was very disappointed. And of course, at that point, I had known that like it wasn't Willie Ames that was doing the show. It wasn't the OG Bible Man. And I was really disappointed. And I I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade. I wasn't that old, but still, I've been watching Bible Man since I was like three. So he was like a hero to me. And I was just like really, really, really upset. And, you know, goes to show you don't meet your heroes. You know, things aren't always as they appear. But you could tell that Willie Ames had already left the show and kind of the budget was uh, already low budget. That's probably why they were able to get Bible Man at our church because they were needing uh, money. Oh, and I'll add a piece to the story, too. I remember it was the first time that I ever got in trouble because my parents sent me with one of their cell phones because they just dropped me off with Chris's family. And so whenever it was done, they wanted me to call. And so um, I see this other friend from elementary school there at the Bible Man show, and we start talking, and he's like, oh, you got a cell phone? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, cool. And you got to think, this is like fourth grade back in the times when fourth graders didn't have cell phones and so we started like texting back and forth and i remember you know i was texting with him about the guy lip syncing and everything i was like oh it's so off and i remember i texted three letters that got me into umpteen double of trouble it was wtf i typed out wtf and i'll never forget i you know of course it's my parents phone like you know they're going to check the text messages or they're going to see oh what is this number and who is this person so yeah i got in some massive trouble for wtf they were like you know what that means and i try to pretend like i didn't know know what it means and so now that i think about that bible man show i not only think of the lip dub but i also think about my stupid decision to text wtf to a friend during that well um honestly back in the day like People didn't have unlimited texting, so you could pay for it, but most people like had a limited plan where they got only so many text messages or only so many minutes on the phone, and that's probably why his par- how his parents tracked it because they were like, what? You used some of my text messages that I got for the month, but uh, do some digging. Watch Bible Man. You can watch full episodes on YouTube. Now, I will say in the earlier episodes of Bible Man, the that's the same guy that plays the villain like through like I guess good eight or nine episodes and that guy makes it like that guy does like dance numbers he does singing you could tell that guy carries the whole show and the whole tv series on his back you could tell he was probably like some children's pastor or some youth pastor and he was just really gifted at theater and uh him and Willie Ames did really good and there was like a Bible man where before Willie Ames dropped off where he stopped doing it, the villain, and then that's when Bible Man just kind of went on decline. Yeah, I can't say enough about the guy who played the villain. I have no clue who he is. He had to be a pastor of some sort, a children's pastor. He had some sort of experience as a children or youth pastor, but like Chris said, dude did some dance numbers, just like his mannerisms. Each character was different. He was never like the same either when he played a villain. It was it was good. If I had a, you know, a TV show or something, I would definitely look this guy up <laughs> to play a part. Yeah, def- definitely check out Bible Man. Uh, that's a little side avenue. Go digging in that rabbit hole. Um, so our next segment is the Jelly Donut, which is the Jail Report. Who is that private pilot? Sir, 
jelly donut, sir! A jelly donut? Now, Micah, I have a great, great jail report for you today. Are you ready? I can't wait to hear it. Alright, so here is the headline. Lady jailed for using water gun on a neighbor. <laughs> what? Now, what do you... Why do you think that she got arrested? What is your speculation for why she got arrested? Like, charges-wise? Or... Well, why do you? Well, how do you think that using the water gun like got her arrested? Like, just your speculation. Oh, there's so many avenues you can go with. Um, property dispute, something, something like that. Where I don't know. I, it, it could be anything. I would say that she pistol whipped the neighbor in the face. That's probably why. But anyways, I'm gonna tell you guys why. So this happened in Florida. Um. Uh, a Florida woman faces battery charges after she shot her neighbor with a squirt gun on Saturday. Uh, we'll call her Mrs. Renee because I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, Mrs. Renee, she's age 40, of St. Petersburg, saw the neighbor walking past her house and retrieved her water gun, the police said. Mrs. Renee allegedly walked from inside her house onto the neighbor's porch and shot the victim in the face with a water gun. Police say the victim never entered Mrs. Renee's property or made any aggressive statements toward the woman. According to deputies, uh, Mrs. Renee sprayed the victim because she was upset that uh, the neighbor was walking on her street. She was arrested and held on a $500 bond. So she sounds like really kind of like a Karen, more or less. Because <laughs> she was walking on her, like on the sidewalk in front of her house. That was it? That was... It and I guess Mrs. Renee didn't like uh, the fact that someone was walking on her sidewalk or her lawn. So I'm actually surprised that she, I'm actually surprised that she got arrested for just squirting her in the face. Now I could see like getting like hit or pistol whipped or whatever, but like, come on now, squirting somebody in the face like that's like nothing. I'm surprised somebody called the police over that. I mean. Unless there's some history there, which it wouldn't surprise me if there is, uh, because why would you call the police on somebody for that? I would just be like, "All right, crazy lady, keep moving," <laughs> you know. From what, from what it sounds like, it sounds like it's two Karens because uh, they identified the neighbor as a she. So it sounds like it's two Karens. It's like. Oh, you better get off my lawn, or I'm going to squirt you with this water gun. And it's like, if you do, I'll call the police. And then she squirts her in the face with the water gun. It's like, I'm calling the police. Like, man, like, I don't know. I, th I think the whole thing is absolutely stupid. I don't think she should have got arrested. I mean, she could have, like, done a lot worse stuff to the neighbor. Uh, yeah, she shouldn't have got upset that the neighbor was walking on her lawn. But really, you know, squirting somebody in the face is, unless, I don't know. Here's my question. Why does all the crazy stuff happen in Florida? Like, you hear all the crazy crime stories coming out of Florida for some reason. Because it's hot, and there's really not a lot to do in St. Petersburg, and people are going crazy because they're having to work from home. I don't know. Florida is just a crazy state, I guess. No no, no shade to my our, to our listeners in Florida. We love you guys, but I, I, don't, I don't understand. I personally like Florida, honestly. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to move to Florida, but hurricanes yeah micah's that like typ typical old man like every time he wants a vacation he's like i want to go to florida i want to retire in florida you're gonna be like one of those gray hairs like in florida retiring i can just see it right now oh yeah you know i'll be eating out at the local fish place at four o'clock back at home for walker texas ranger at six that sounds like the life i could see you just with hawaiian shirt and 
khakis, shorts, and flip-flops. That's And you just sitting there eating your, going to the Cracker Barrel at 4.30 in Florida. But anyways, that's a really weird crime for her to get this, you know, arrested. I mean, they only set her bond at 500, which was super, super, super low. Yeah, and she probably, she probably bailed out, to be honest with you. But I, it would be hard to believe that it would actually go to, um, a criminal case, you know, criminal court case. And I mean, if I was the judge, I'd be like, really, <laughs> you know, probably I'd pay the fine, move on. Um, you know, it really should be a civil matter. It really shouldn't be a criminal if, if I don't even think it should be a civil matter. It's not like she hurt the lady. Yeah. Speaking of water guns, I'm gonna tell y'all a bonus little side story. One time my dad was sleeping in his chair and he had like the blanket covering his face and my brother thought it'd be funny to just run up to him and shoot him in the face with the water gun. And man, I never seen my dad move so fast. He said, uh-uh, boy, you better come here. And he chased my brother around the house. And it was pretty funny. We still talk about that to that day. But anyways, I digress. Uh, so our next day, uh, segment is the donut hole. And Michael, what's your donut hole for this week? I'm just going to preface this. Non-sports fans... You're more than welcome to listen, but uh, if if you're not really into sports, you can skip past this segment. Um, today, just want to talk about the college football playoff. Now, I know it's a hot-button issue to not only football fans, um, to our worldwide listeners, uh, American football, college football. Um, and we've we've had this debate in Division One football for a long time about having a playoff. And we do currently have playoffs, but it's still incredibly rigged. Um, and Chris, this isn't uh, what fries my donuts, but how did you feel this year about the college football playoff ended up with two SEC teams? And it really bothered me because in my opinion, I, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate on this from the Georgia fans, but honestly, dude, like if you lost in the SEC championship and then you have another shot to come back, you're, how can you not be the S your conference champion? And then still be the national champion. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, it should be the top conference champions all playing each other for the national championship. Like, that's how it works. Like, in, you know, MLB, you can't have two players or two teams from the AL West or the NL South you know, playing against each other for the World Series title. It just doesn't work like that. College football has always been so weird, and the ranking system has always been so weird. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I feel like it's always favored the SEC, to be honest with you. Well, and, you know, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this, but it's because the SEC's got a lot of money. SEC's got the money. They got the TV rights. They have, the you know, a lot of fans. I mean, most of their stadiums can fit 90 to 100,000 people. So they know that, you know, we put two of them in the college football playoffs, it's going to sell stadium tickets. Um, but I just wanted to propose something to you today and just see what you think of it. What would you think of, uh, and this is primarily fueled from March Madness, uh, the basketball tournament, the college basketball tournament, uh, because it's so darn entertaining. But I'll get into that in a moment. Um what would you think, Chris, if they expanded the college football playoff to 16 teams? Uh, you take two weeks off at the end of the regular season, so right now there's 12 games in college football each year. You take two off of that, you have four playoff games down to the national championship, 
but you have 16 teams in there. Uh, you have the conference champions from the Power 5 conferences. Actually, sorry, you have every conference championship. I don't care if you're a part of – if as long as you're a part of Division 1A football. So even if you're a part of the MAC, the Sun Belt, Conference USA, the American Athletic Conference, even if it's the smaller conferences, if you're a conference champion, you're in. There's eight right there. The rest of the eight are at-large bids. So the Georgias of the world would still make it in. However, they're still going to have to play through completely. Now, there's a whole bunch of nitty-gritty through that. But, you know, think about that. 16 teams, what what do you think of that? Because that would even allow for some really good teams that maybe didn't have, you know, maybe some losses they probably shouldn't have had, still get in, still get their shot. And then also the smaller schools, underdog, even, you know, you know, what do you think of that? Well, I think it's a good practice not just for a championship standpoint but if you look at it from a school standpoint now if I'm a smaller school like East Carolina for example and I'm going up against a big school like Alabama or Georgia you know then I can as a football director athletic director I can see how my team performs against one of those big bigger teams and then I can start trying to recruit and start building my team so they can at least run with the bigger teams and you can do it from a recruiting standpoint and help build your team so they do have a fair shot I mean you know like I said uh in the in March Madness like every pretty much every team has a shot if you're ranked in the top 25 or whatever it is uh you have a shot to at least contend for the title and they do the brackets and I and I like that because everybody has a shot uh, and you're playing your best game, you know, a small school like, you know, East Carolina, like I said, can have a shot against a big school like Alabama or Texas Tech or something like that. I, I just think it's good to have everybody have a fair shot. Well, and it's it's good for, like you said, the recruiting standpoint, because, too, if they make it to the top 16 and they're playing, you know, if we're going to use East Carolina, East Carolina is playing Alabama, what if somebody's never heard of East Carolina? You know, what if somebody has never heard of that school? You're a football prospect sitting on your couch going, who should I go to? Maybe you're not um, getting the offers from Alabama, but you got an offer from East Carolina, and you're like, wow, they made it to the top 16. And what if they lose by three or they win? I mean, heck, from a fan standpoint, if East Carolina knocked off somebody like an Alabama, I mean, that would be – pure pandemonium they call it march madness in basketball for a reason it'd be the same thing i mean it's you know you can't play down to anybody and i mean every i feel like every march madness we go into it and we say oh here's the people who should win and there's two or three of those that get upset by these really small schools that you've never heard of and I really think that they should have an opportunity in college football to do the same thing like the east carolinas of the world get their name out there, get the recruits. But also, I mean, like like Chris was saying, have kind of that benchmark, see where they're at as a program, um, and who knows, maybe even win. I would love to see some sort of Cinderella story in college football. I'm tired of seeing the same people every year. I'm tired of seeing Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and Georgia. I'm tired of seeing that. I want to see somebody else. Well, my thing is I don't understand why basketball can do it, you know, and make it fair, but then football can't make it fair. I mean, think about it. When we were down to the playoffs, quote-unquote playoffs, for college football, there was – I can't remember which – I think it was Cincinnati. They were, like, undefeated, and they were still ranked below Alabama, which – 
had lost a game. In my opinion, if you're undefeated, you should still you should be number one. If you, it's it's just on a record system, but I mean, like like we've said, the system is rigged, and I, I'm tired of hearing people go, "Oh, we're the best, we're the best." No, the system's rigged, and it's been rigged for years. And I'm not saying my team's my team's Texas Tech. I'm not saying Texas Tech is all that in a bag of chips. They be struggling all the time, but at the same time, I would like to see smaller schools get a fair shot. I would just like it to be fair. I would like just everything to be able to be fair and it, it to not be so obviously rigged because we already know when we go into the next season, Alabama or Georgia or whatever is going to be ranked number one. They have been for years. And even if Alabama is ranked number two, number three, they're going to jump to number one, obviously. But I don't know. This isn't what fries my donuts, but I agree with you. I think it should be more fair. Yeah, and I'll I'll take it even a step further. It's not just college basketball, too. Literally every single sport has a organized playoff system that is ranked off of record, not quote-unquote merit. And so, I mean, even Division II. So, like, you go to FCS football. I guess they're not Division II. They're Division I AA. But the Sam Houston States, like the Tarleton States, the smaller schools, uh, the HBCUs, a lot of them are in the FCS, they have a playoff system. They have a playoff system. They have to play through to the championship, and they have to go through the playoffs. Why would a step below the main college football stage, I mean, everybody does, including the same sport, just a step down from them, has a playoff system. It makes zero sense besides money. And, I mean, the thing is, um, and I'll get off the soapbox, uh, you know, why have a college football committee with all Condoleezza Rice and all of them? I mean, the thing is, it shouldn't be up to people in the quote-unquote eyeball test. Like I said, throw 16 of them in there based on their records and conference championships and things like that. Throw them in there on that. Let them fight it out to the end. That's good for everybody. Yeah, I agree. I so we're advocating for the definitely the play a better playoff system in college football and uh I I think it'll be good. So smaller schools if you're listening, we're we're fighting for you. But anyways, our next segment is what fries my donuts. <laughs> and Micah, you know what fries my donuts? What fries your donuts, Chris? What fries my donuts is when you try to help people or people ask you for help and then you try to help them, and then they act like they know more than you, or they were like, oh, no, 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 no. This isn't the way that you do it. And you're like, bro, you just asked me for help. Now, I'll give you a prime example. Y'all all know I work in the grocery business. I do not like when a customer comes up to me and says, what aisle is the saltine crackers on? And I'm and our company were trained to like actually walk people to the aisle to the product, show them where it is, not just point like Walmart or some of those other companies. But so I'll start walking the way it is, and they're like, "No, no, no, it's not over over there. It's over here." And I'm like, "No, it's over here." And they're like, "No, no, no, it's not. You don't know what you're doing." I'm like, "You're the one that came up and you asked me for help. So I don't understand why you're trying to act like you know what." what you're doing when you ask me for help. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, It happens to me sometimes, too. I I get what you're saying. There's somebody that I had to train not too long ago that they never want to show up for work. 
They never want to actually listen to what they what you're saying. In fact, when we were in training, she actually full on said the words of, "You might as well save your breath. I'm not going to retain any of this. I'm just going to have to get in there and do it to understand it. So you might as well not train me." And then whenever it came time, people started. You know, in my business, people ask a lot of questions to to answers, and she tried to answer them with zero knowledge whatsoever. And she tried to be the one like she knew it all, but she didn't know squat because she didn't listen in the first place. And the thing is, it's a little different from what Chris is talking about because um, she didn't full-on ask for help. But at the same time, when you're new, you need all the help you can get. So kind of on the same lines. But I get what you're saying. My my thing is, and like especially too, if I'm trying to help you get to another place where you are wanting to go, and then you turn around and just kind of spit in my face and you're like, oh, no, that's not how you do it. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm like, well, what was the point of me even trying to help you? You came to me for help and you asked me. And, you know, I'm not I don't consider myself an expert, but I do know what I'm talking about. So if you're coming up to me and asking me for help with a problem, don't sit here and tell me, no, that's not the right answer. If you would have known the answer, you wouldn't have come up to me and asked me for help. So so don't act like you know what you're doing or don't act like you know the policies. You know, and I hate – that's another thing I hate about guest service. People will be like, well, that's not the policy. And I'm like, yes, it actually is. They're like, no, I know the policy. I've been shopping here for years. And I'm like, well, things change, sir. Like policies change. Things change. So like you, I'm here. I'm working here. And I be uh, sometimes I want to tell them. Do you, would you like to fill out an application so you can work here so you can know the policies? But I cannot say that because I would get uh, in a lot of trouble. But that's just my frustrations, especially helping people that are ungrateful or that just kind of spit in your face when you try to help them or act like they know the answer when they asked you for help in the first place. Can't stand that kind of stuff. Totally get you. It fries my donuts too when that kind of stuff happens. Well, we have been kind of on a fries my donuts kick with the donut hole and the what fries my donuts. So let's go into something a little more positive, which is, can I get a drum roll, please? <laughs> Mystery donut, which is the improv segment. Now, Michael, what are we gonna do for our improv this week? We're doing a game. It might be familiar. It's questions only, where Chris and I can only ask questions to each other about a certain instance. Um, so, I guess let's pick a scenario, Chris. So, our first scenario is taking communion at church. Okay, I'll start it off. Do you think the plate's coming over here? How many communion cups can I take? I'm really hungry. Can I have two? When did you decide not to eat breakfast this morning? Is this bread? I can't believe it's not our savior. Is this bread gluten-free? Are they actually going to give us wine or just the crappy juice this year? Do you see the pastor's new suit? Have you seen his Boston Celtics tie? Did you know that the pastor's wife left him? Did you know she's going out with the other pastor? When did this church get so screwed up? Okay. Sorry, that one took a little turn. All right. So our next scenario is what's our next scenario, Mike? Micah, uh, going to a football game or sporting event. Okay. All right. Here we go. And three, two, one. How much are concessions? Are they going to have enough parking? Did they release Dak Prescott before the game? Is his jersey just for sale? Didn't he have a muscle spasm the last game? Didn't they say? 
he wasn't very good. How rich do you think Jerry Jones is? How many mistresses do you think Jerry Jones has? Can you believe that it cost us $400 per seat to get in here? Can you believe it cost me $90 just for one beer here? Did you leave the snacks at home or did you sneak them in? Isn't that why I'm wearing this trench coat? Do you think we're going to get kicked out? Do you think they're going to find out? Is your mother the center this <laughs> for the for the Cowboys? Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael, I didn't bring, mean to bring your mom in this. That was good, though. <laughs> All right, and the last scenario is... What's the last scenario, Micah? Uh, the last scenario is going to be in a donut shop. All right, I'll let you start. Do they serve coffee here? Are the kolaches any good? Do they have jalapeno kolaches? Do they offer the mustard for free? Is this like this crappy book where we're going to describe every donut on the shelf? Can we get a glazed donut and a chocolate donut? Can we get one of those pinwheels? Will this hurt my bank account afterwards? Will this hurt my teeth and I have to go to the dentist? When was the last time you went to the dentist? Is five a bad answer? Did you pay your deductible on your insurance so it'll cover it? Did I make my deductible on this so I can cover it? How much do you think those donuts are? If they don't. Dang it. <laughs> Alright, that was pretty good. Clean sweep by Chris over here. He had the questions tonight. It's really, really hard to play this game, and it just takes a lot, a lot of practice. So, trust me, I'm no master, but it's definitely a fun game. I think it stretches us and grows us a little bit. Uh, but what's our next segment, Micah? Our next segment is our last segment. It's the Eclair Donuts, which is our positive advice for the week. So... I'm going to start off. My positive advice is to strike a good balance. Never get too uh, low and never get too high. What I mean by that is it's very easy to go teeter from one brink to the other. There was a couple times this week that I got pretty angry about stuff that I probably shouldn't have been angry about. It was really small stuff. But at the same time, there was small stuff, but it's stuff that you can't really let go. So as far as something you shouldn't just lay down and take. So there's proactive steps that I had to take, but I didn't need to do it with anger. There's a way to do that. There's a balance that you need to strike. And life is all about balance. It's all about choices. So I just encourage you out there, keep it balanced. Keep it right in the middle because that's what people like in the end. Um, another sports reference. That's why a lot of people like Russell Wilson the quarterback now for the Broncos. I don't even know. Chris doesn't keep up with football. Do you know he got traded to the Broncos? Yes, I did actually know that he got traded to the Broncos. I did know that. Oh, okay. Well, what a lot of people like about him is he's not a very dramatic guy. You know, he's not in the news a lot. He doesn't really put himself out there, but he's really good at what he does. Um, he's been on some bad teams. He's been on some good teams. And throughout, he's been nothing but consistent. And the reason for that is because he's a very balanced person. So really what I'm saying is try not to get too low. Try not to get too high. Just try to keep it right there in the middle and laugh at some of the things that you probably, you know, would be angry about normally. And stand up for yourself in the situations where you'd normally lay down. Well, that was a great segue into mine um i know i talked maybe the first early couple episodes about making time for rest and this is going to kind of bounce off of that but make time for fun you know just find something fun that you want to do and something that you enjoy and make time to do it i think so many times we get stuck in the grind we wake up we go to work we come home we'll eat maybe we'll watch a, a tv show or a movie 
and then we'll go to bed and then we'll just repeat on that cycle. But we don't really take the time to have a lot of fun. And life was more for is was made for more than just waking up, going to work, watching Netflix and then dying. I think when you take time to find something, find a hobby that you enjoy or something as simple as going bowling or going to the arcade or something fun. I mean, it doesn't have to be something big and drawn out, but take time, like maybe an hour a day, uh, not an hour a day because that's a little excessive, but an hour a week or an hour every two weeks to go have some fun because, you know, life is too short to not enjoy it. And I know we've talked about stopping and celebrating our wins and stuff like that, but you know, we need to have fun too. Like now there's a balance. Don't go out and, you know, play video games till four o'clock in the morning every day. And, you know, have that healthy balance like Michael was talking about, but I think we need to find something we do to that we enjoy and that we have fun doing. I mean, for us, we do this podcast and it's not worked for us. It's something that we legitimately enjoy, but also too, you know, me and Micah, you know, we, we've gone bowling like, and there've been times where, you know, we go bowling every week and they know us down at the bowling alley and it's just something fun, but something to just kind of take a break and reset and just to have fun and enjoy because life is too short to not enjoy. So make sure you, you make that time to have fun and be intentional about it because there are things that will pop up and of course there are always responsibilities, but if you don't take the time to be intentional and to carve out that time and have it uninterrupted, then uh, it'll get missed, but have fun and enjoy it. Well, and what Chris was, I'm just going to add on to the balance thing right quick from what Chris was talking about, about the balance of, you know, don't go too far one direction of, you know, playing, partying, doing all sorts of stuff, get fired from your job or, you know, um, not not really do your full potential in whatever area of life because you're too stuck on doing and having fun. It's, it's good to have fun. Um, but on the opposite token, don't work yourself to death either because your body will make you stop. It will make you stop. And I promise you that kind of rest is not restful if you've ever been there. It's one of those to where your body absolutely shuts down. It's a very horrible experience. And so if you just take that time when you need to, your, your body doesn't lie to you. When your body says, I'm tired, it means that you're tired. And whenever you know you feel like, man, I really don't want to do this today, that means you need to take some rest at some point. Now, when it's feasible, now you need to take care of your responsibilities. But that's that balance that we're talking about. Exactly. So uh, it is time to wrap up this podcast but check out our website tvtrashcan.com that is tvtrashcan.com we may or may not be making some changes to the website uh soon those are in the works we got things coming in the works i promise you guys just hang with us got a lot of life stuff going on uh micah just recently moved i'm in the middle of moving so we are gonna we're promising to bring you this podcast and more content. Just hang with us. We're going to bring you a lot more awesome content. Uh, you got anything else you want to add, Micah? Moving sucks. I know you feel the same way. Yeah. But in the meantime, go check out Bible Man. I, I love Bible Man. Bible Man. Bible Man. And you'll see. And then go watch uh, Batman and Robin with George Clooney. And you'll see how they just basically solely base bible man off of that uh off of that movie but anyways i digress so we are gonna sign off and uh i'm chris and i'm micah and we will see you guys next time yes we will chris you still got that bible man bible i do have that bible man bible i'll let you borrow it sometime sounds good all right y'all have a good week